hey, technical difficulties done, I think, hopefully. <clears throat> right. Yeah, I hope so, too. Guys, that got your, their, uh, we've got a live uh, training crew in, and uh, I'll take in. You guys can jump behind me or some at some point and say hi, or we'll uh, we'll go into that. So, um, if you got your your uh, phones on the table, go ahead and set them in your pocket because if they go off on the table, they go and everybody's going in. Back home's going. What the hell was that? Uh, good morning, Chris. Good morning. I'm here. I've been here. We are too. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to come in and adjust this just a little bit. So. Hey, this is a really fun uh, podcast and um, and and webcast and live event because uh, it's it's just kind of an open question kind of day, to where we just take uh, random questions out of the audience. We've already uh, had several people. It looks like we've got over about a half dozen already submitted, and then we just answer them. Uh, you guys that are here live for the training, good training so far. Yeah, we're doing it. So we've gotten a little bit of paint correction. There's a yeah, you can just see it right here. Uh, a little portion that we're, we're we got to finish up. Uh, yeah, I did a I did a little one last night. I was out here late. This thing behind me. Did this, you, this, what is that? It's a uh, it's a Honda Passport. Oh, there you go. But this is your this is your sweet spot. You talk about this was a a quick one step with inspiration, and I coated the wheels for a thousand bucks. Man, you gotta love those, huh? Heck yeah, I love it. How many hours are you gonna have into it? uh i probably put eight hours into it total well shoot man you know what it's you know 100 bucks an hour you know not a yeah, bad maybe, thing may, maybe 10 if i really sat there and thought about it still you're still hitting 100 bucks an hour that's pretty sweet where else are you going to do that anywhere um yep. well okay so let's do this let's jump in so chris we've got a couple of uh already pre-selected uh uh questions that are good ones so i'm going to go ahead and start out with those and then if yeah. you got questions, uh, ask them live. We'll come up, have you get on camera so they can see your beautiful face. Uh, I will take a sip of coffee every once in a while. So uh, first question we had submitted was, uh, Renny, why are you uh, our gear-driven forced action guy as opposed to ramming or orbit or even rotary? Um, that's a great question. And the, the answer is, I'll give it two parts. First off, my time with the rotary hand, I'll never, I'll never match that amount of time with the tool is is most of my career was spent with a rotary uh in my hand because that's was the chief the chief tool that we had the reason why that i went out and i've i've made a huge switch to forced action was uh, i'm gonna make a bold statement I, I don't think there's anybody else in the world that has got as much time with a forced action in their hands it is in 2007 before flex even introduced theirs to the world we got it uh rob leitner a good friend of mine got one first i don't know how he got it uh He's pretty connected, and then and then uh, we just invested a lot of time into forced action, and now you've got other tool companies that are coming in. Rupes has got one. You're going to see a lot of innovation, um, but our group as a total, okay. So maybe somebody's got a. I doubt anybody can beat the amount of time in research that we've done on forced action, um, but as a group, there's no way because we've just got so many of us to buy into it. Forced action is is here's the deal is we've proven it many times even with outside sources meaning people that we really trust in the industry that's here it's it's very effective it, it's it's a random orbital uh with a rotary got together and had a baby and that forced action is the byproduct of it and and so it's very capable it doesn't take as much 
clear coat, healthy clear coat off the vehicle that a rotary will, yet you can still get the same results and it's faster. So if you take the time to get to really know the technology is that it's actually faster. So a lot of people say, oh, no bullshit. Well, hey man, put your money where the mouth is, come on out. I got 10 G's laying on the table. Uh, we'll prove it to you too. But it, it, it's a very proven technology. Not all forced actions are created equal is that there's five millimeter throw forced actions out there, very capable correction tools. And then there's eight millimeter. I'm an eight millimeter guy because I think it corrects on as good as the five mil, but it finishes down better than, than the five mil. So I'm an eight mil kind of guy. Uh, that's just my preference, but you're going to see a lot of changes come out uh, uh, on the side of forced action because, you know, like I said, Rupes jumped into it. Of course, flex was kind of, Every said, oh, Flex is the first one. No, there's actually other companies that had it. Nobody just, nobody perfected it or went out and, and had the nuts to, uh, to, to take and, and, and show the world how to use it. And uh, we think we're one of the innovators in that side of it. So great question. Um, you guys are all going to use it. You're going to use DAs. As far as rotary, uh, I'm a business dude. And so I want to scalability. Everything I do in my business is the thought of taking and bringing other people in at some point and teaching them to do what I do so I can duplicate myself in profits. And it's going to take you so long to get somebody up on a rotary tool to get them as proficient as you are that it just never made sense. That's why, that's why the four section tool made a lot of sense is because in a much shorter learning curve, it's still a learning curve as is DA. The other, the other myth is that, oh, well, DA won't leave swirls, holograms, or burn paint. Bull. The new DAs are very capable, very power machines, and they will do damage. Uh, now, forced action and DA used in the right hands, about the same amount of, of healthy clear coat. What is healthy clear coat? Uh, healthy clear coat is, guys, you've got a lot of the protectants that are built in as the, as the paints cure and so forth. A lot of the most important parts of the paint are on, are on the paint system are in that top layers of clear coat. And when you diminish that, that top layer, and you take all those protective agents out is you that equals a less shine b the paint system is going to fail uh it might look good for a period of time but it's going to come out so healthy clear coat is really important to leave behind da and forced action in the right hands will take off about the same amount uh where where even if you're careful is just the nature of rotary most times is going to take off much more clear coat we had somebody in the industry i won't name that was here we did a test. He did a spot. We did a top spot. He's a big rotary guy. We're really into forced action. Uh, we took out sandy marks faster. We took out sandy marks with less clear coat removal, and it looked just as good. Time is money. We're business people. There we go. How's that? That was good. Question number one, done. So am I, hey, what's my favorite tool? The one that it's, feels best in your hands. I mean, if you like using a rotary, more power to you as long as you know how to use it. You're not, nobody talks about preserving clear coat. There's only a couple people out there really preaching it. And it's an absolute shame because as a detailer is, is, is you'll go after perfection at all costs is a wrong mentality. Is that just like if you're a medic with search and rescue in the military, if you're a doctor, your nurse is you got to take an oath to do no harm is detailers should be doing the same thing. There's a lot of people stripping down that clear coat and just devouring it. Uh, real quick, I see a lot of stuff. Good morning, uh, uh, Instagram. If you're sending questions in, Chris, do you want them to, to send an email or a text to you? Because I'm not going to be able to monitor Instagram. Uh, oh, for, Instagram. Uh, I'll try and pull it up. 
Yeah. So I'm, I, I won't be able to monitor it. Um, in, the, in the event that you do have a question that you want to ask, just send it over to Chris at detailingsuccess.com. That's Chris at detailingsuccess.com. Then we'll get that question in. Uh, any other ones before I, I keep going on this list here? I, uh, no, you can keep working down the list. I just added another one to it. Cool. Uh, and I don't have my phone on, so I'm, I'm not going to be able to see it. You'll have to ask. Okay. Me. All right. So Daniel Smith, uh, DNM Auto Detail. Hey, Daniel. In Vail, Colorado. My question is about uh, protection layering. I, I'm working at 8,100 feet, and protection is important. Obviously, the best protection is a coating, but can any can can one layer protection such as machine or hand applied carnauba followed with a sealant, or vice versa, machine applied sealant followed by spray, anything such as wax or SiO2 spray, or does one take off the other as applied? I'm creating more work because wax and synthetics just don't mix. Please help. I'd love to uh, stop like the wasting product. You know, you already you already answered your question. First off, we're at 6,700 feet here, so welcome to being high. Uh -huh. um, the second thing is a lot of people. So you know, carnubas at your elevation are pretty much useless. Uh, waxes make things pretty. Um, I would say that if you're not going to coat it, is that a a good? I, I'm I'm a kind of guy that if I ain't coating it, I'm spraying it. That's just me. Um, I don't like to take the time. I think there's so many great sprays out there right now. Um, you know, it, it, I'll, I'll, I'll toot our own horn. Beadmaker, believe it or not, a lot of, a lot of haters out there. Oh, it doesn't last that long. Um, it does if you take care of it. Now, in a car that's challenged, um, like I said, I'm just, you know, I'm 1,000 feet, 1,500 feet below you. So we got the same challenges. We're getting three months out of it on a well-maintained car. Now, if you get a, a person that's going through automatic car washes and doing that, naturally, it's not going to last as long. But you can find, you know, that, that product's a great bang for the buck. Uh, it's a great investment. It's not real expensive. It lasts, it lasts a pretty dang long time. There are other spray products out there. Uh, colonite, okay, if you want to put a, a machine finish on and you want to take and just spread it out. Colonite, um, is, is, we've used it for years, is a, is a great product to do that if you're not going to stack. But I, I would so, tell you this. I mean, if you're not selling a coating, what's your price point also? You got to ask yourself that. So if you can get uh, 600 bucks for a correction, uh, just go ahead and put a coating on it. Just put a one-year coating on it. Now let's let's talk about where you're at. We've got decomposed granite in the mountains. So no matter where you're at in the mountains, it, it's decomposed granite. It's going to take and wear things down sooner. Also, people that live near the ocean, very close, within maybe five five to ten miles of the coastline, you're not going to get the longevity out of there because you're going to have salt air, and so that's going to be a big one too. Uh, I would not stack. We see a lot of products. People complain that products, oh, this product's dusting a lot. Well, then what you find out is they're using a soap with wax in it, and then they're putting bead maker over the top of it. And that interchange, you know, I got a physicist right next to me. You know, I should, I should ask him. So we'll we'll change it. Uh, Michael, introduce yourself real quick. Hi, uh, Michael Hill. Uh, you got to speak up, big dude, big voice. Uh, Michael Hill uh, on the shop outside in Lawrence, Georgia, called Toolsmith Detailing. Uh, my background has been an engineer for quite a many years, and uh, my degrees are uh, in physics, um, theoretical mathematics. Um, so. so, you know, does it make sense when I tell people that when you take two different technologies, and Daniel just hit it, he, he's recognized in his own company, when you take two different technologies or even two different brands, and they, can they have, does that make sense as a, with your background, does it make sense that mixing those two things? Uh, could be problematic. Absolutely. You've got uh, different uh, adhesives are prob 
properties of each each coating you put on uh, that they're going to work against each other. Um, you'll get some lubricants, uh, things like that. They're your organics in them that are going to work against each other and actually make both of them fail. Um, and a lot of your coatings uh, work the same way. Um, if we go into prepping the vehicle surface and and things like that, that's why that's probably the most important thing that you can possibly do is, is prep your surface to get anything that's been put on uh, the paint surface removed uh, because you don't know how the ceramics or whatever you're applying to the to the surface is going to react to that. Um, so yeah, a lot of your products will will counteract each other and then you'll end up uh, having two great products uh, fail because you mix them together. Yeah, it, it even if, when you... If, and what, I, what, what we mean by mixing them together is just if you apply one and then the other. So a lot of times we'll, we'll stick with one brand name, you know, uh, we'll, we'll contact them. So if we're using um, their, uh, maybe a, a, a machine applied uh, sealant, and then you want to get more durability and pop, and you put their spray protectant on, give them a shout and see if there's going to be any byproduct to that. Because even in that technology, even in, in, within their own brand line, is it could be problematic just because there's different types of, of uh, materials being used in, in, in each one of those. So um, I like to stick with the same family and then try to stick with the same like product. Uh, and then, and then education is educating people, you know, the demise of, you know, what an automatic car wash can do. Now there's some really good car washes out there. Don't, don't beat up. We as detailers tend to beat up car washes, but uh, there are some good ones out there, and uh, I'll admit not not many that take care of cars like at our level, but they do exist. If you find one, use them, and then educate them too that your clients are coming with, uh, to them and what what you'd love to see them use uh, at at their facility. Sometimes they'll get a little pissy at you, other times they'll appreciate it. So great, uh, great, uh, great question. So it's cool to have a real smart guy uh, here to answer that kind of stuff. So I uh, hope that helps. So. Um, let's see here, Carlos. This is a great one. Hey, hey, Carlos, Uber Detail, uh, down in Corona, California. Is I've heard that paint thickness is gauge measured from the metal to the clear coat, so in theory, they're useless because we don't get the thickness of the last layer, which is the clear coat. Uh, is that correct or no? So, yeah, I, you can buy you can, uh, great question. You can buy paint gauges that do measure each, they'll give you the top three layers. And so, but what, what we're seeing now is the paint gauges, um, some of them with water, the waterborne paint systems aren't, they're really, a lot of these gauges were never intended to, to measure car paint. It was for other coating systems and other industries. And so now what we've all of a sudden we've seen is we're seeing that in the waterborns is that it's measuring just the whole system as Carlos measured. It's measuring from the top of the, the, the whatever the subsurface is all the way to the top of the clear coat, just giving you an idea. Uh, but there are, you're looking at, you know, pretty serious investment, three to $4,000 uh, for one that's going to take and actually tell you how thick just the clear coat is, but it's not, it doesn't always work. Uh, it will also measure on, on plastics, composites, fiberglass and everything else. You can get different heads and do that. Now let's go back to a Ferris non-Ferris paint gauge. It will give you a good idea, Carlos, of what's on there and keep you out of the danger zone. Uh, I always tell people if you're doing heavy correction, uh, we just found out on this Porsche that, that's behind us, these guys are going to see it on the Jeep. There's no consistency in paint jobs anymore. Um, you know, the way that the robots paint them and so forth is that it's not really even. We've got a body shop guy here right now in training. And when they do collision work, 
the paint systems from 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 tech to tech is completely different, right? Because of their spraying habits. Yeah. Uh, and then another thing is the old theory on if you have a car that's made that's painted on Monday versus a car that's painted on Wednesday or Thursday, and then a car that's painted on Friday when everybody's getting ready to go home, is that there's the human error element. But what we do is in general now that there's there's all kinds of chatter in the in the industry too. Is I've been on the paint line at Tesla, at Porsche, at BMW, at Audi, at Chrysler. So I've been on factory paint line. Uh, uh, the new uh, who took over? Te- uh, uh, who took over the? Uh, uh, oh God, Fisker, the old Fisker. Remember the Fisker cars? Karma, Karma, Karma Car Company. Been on their line also. All the painters said the same thing. 25 to 30% of that total that you're reading is the actual clear coat systems. A lot of people are saying out there, they're telling, they're saying, telling the industry it's about 50%. We've, we've never been told that at a single paint line that we've gone to. And then when we do measure with a gauge that will measure that top layer, we've never, we've never been able to get 50% out on factory clear coats. Now, aftermarket, it's the wild west. We've got this Porsche here right now. It's got a lot of challenges to it. A lot of machine tooling marks and everything in it. Uh, it looks like at one point we found out because there was. It looks like they didn't tape. They didn't uh, paper it off. They just they got overspray all over it. You know, so there's color coming off. So, and then we're, we're dealing with a real porous paint. And so you've got all these different things that are popping up. So that's a great question, um, and uh, I'm glad you asked it. But a paint gauge, uh, a quality paint gauge is worth its weight in gold because it will get you out. The other thing I like about it, one of the main tools we use it for is a sales tool. How many people have expensive paint gauges? You know, ours that we use retails for about 1300 bucks. Um, and uh, you guys get a lot better deal than that as mafia, by the way. But it's, it's um, you've, got to, you've got to be very, very um, aware that you, you get what you pay for. Some of the cheaper paint gauges aren't too bad. J- uh, Jason Rose from Rupes and I were working and I had mine and he had a, a cheaper version that he uses that's like a hundred bucks. So it is what it is. All right. Hey, so Chris, what do we got? Any questions popping up? Yeah, we got a handful more uh, for sure. I've got, Um, I'll I'll work off that, that both of these lists. Hey, uh, going back to Instagram, when you were talking about stacking products, you mentioned uh, decomposed Mm -hmm. granite on the roads. Can you get into that a little bit more? Just explanation what it is and how they use it. So decomposed granite is, you know, our mountains are made out of a, a, of a host of different materials. But here in the San Bernardino National Forest, we have a lot of decomposed granite that's coming down off the hillsides onto the roads. And it's basically uh, the big boulders that have come apart over millions of years and are now all the little tiny micro, looks like sand particles. Sometimes it's, it's big chunks, sometimes it's sand particles are now all over this valley. It's on our roads. Uh, it's on our highways. It's everywhere. And so uh, the off-roaders will go off-roading. They'll bring it down during, during the off-road seasons. They'll bring down a lot more uh, elements of it with them uh, and put deposit it on the roads. So all that decomposed rock, so to say, uh, is acting like a, uh, a sandblaster and sandblasting whatever you got on your, on your vehicle off. And so that's what decomposed. Now, you'll go to Arizona. They've got sand. Uh, Texas, uh, anywhere, each each part of the country's got its own distinctive challenges. Believe it or not, just even having contaminants from pollutants on the highways in LA uh, will will cause 
uh, deterioration of products and so forth. But abrasive uh, removal is pretty instant, meaning that when you've got an abrasive, AKA the decomposed granite uh, hitting the car, that's gonna take it all off a lot sooner than uh, pollutants and, and, and uh, uh, environmental fallout and so forth. So does that make sense? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good answer for me. Um, let's see. Oop. Hope I didn't freeze up. Nope, you didn't. Okay. You're good to have. Um, Tom Brady. Uh, I, I do not know if it's a football player or not. Um, <laughs> He's a big fan. He's a big fan. He asked uh, about uh, slow times. He says, how do you deal with slow times? Do you recommend to improvise and add another source of income? or maybe sell additional products and services? Uh, that's a great question. And so, you know, uh, at slow times, you know, I, I, first off, let me go back because everybody thinks that I just started on top. And, and I've always been here and I'm, I'm just this dude that, you know, hey man, I, I, he doesn't, Rennie doesn't have any struggles. Uh, first off, when, as you get more successful, your struggles just change. Um, I've been poor and I've been wealthy. I will take wealthy over poor any time. As long as you're not killing yourself, killing your lifestyle and killing your family, everything around you. Uh, so let me go back to the very, very beginning and, and kind of share with you guys that are, uh, I'm going to go back. Let me grab my, I can always keep it close to me. There it is. Look at that. They knew what I was going for. You know, this was my start, man. Anybody that says that I didn't start hard, this is all I had the money for. And so uh, the first thing I did is I took and I, I, I kept a part-time job during the slow times is I would detail two or three days a week. The other times I would take in, uh, actually, uh, I worked at a hardware store. Uh, my first winter sucked. It was right across the way from my biggest competitor. They were busy. Um, I wasn't, and it just, it just put fire in my belly. And then after that, I wanted to put myself where people with money, prospective clients were. They weren't coming in buying nuts and bolts from me. The, the, the people that were buying nuts and bolts were not going to be my first line um, target. Ended up, many of them did become clients, but they weren't my first, they, they weren't my easy strike, easy uh, achieve clients. So I started teaching skiing. It was something I do. Uh, if anybody, I don't drink, so I don't know alcohol. If, if, if you know alcohol, even if you don't drink, but you know alcohol, is go become a, a, a bartender. If uh, we've got somebody that's in, he's, he's waitstaff at a restaurant. My wife did that. Uh, she was waitstaff at a really high-end restaurant. Between our, my, my skiing clientele and her clientele at the restaurant, that was a good foundation point with uh, our customers. It was, it was amazing. So that's the first, time, the first thing. The second thing to do is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take and name what most small businesses make a mistake at, and is they don't market year-around to their current clients. They're always searching in the slow time for new clients. Well, if you start training, whatever, whatever the reason is that you slow down, uh, a lot of people is that we had, let me go back, Daniel Smith was, is, is at a high elevation, uh, a lot of snow. And so we slowed down because people just weren't going to put the money into the exterior of the cars, right? You've got, you got parts of the country that get real rainy. Same exact thing. They're going to do that. But well, here's what we did is we started taking and retraining the thought patterns of our customers to take in the value of keeping their interiors clean and keeping protection on the outside all year long, especially in the wintertime. And so a lot of what we did was we would include um, a wash clay and wax uh, anytime that somebody came in for an interior. And we really got people to where they would do a 
they would do a uh, an early fall, or they do a midwinter, and then they do a into winter uh, into winter detail. So we were usually touching the car twice, either in the early fall and then in the in the middle of the winter, or they do it in the middle of the winter, and then we 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 do a final cleanup in, in spring when the weather changed. And so it's it's a change of mentality is that you want to take in and and stop marketing and trying to bring all these these new clients in that you're trying to educate. I, I, I'm not saying stop, but start marketing to who is currently doing business with you and offer a, a way better service. But educating your customers is one thing. Um, additional additional income sources is not going to hurt. We've always had, uh, we started up uh, oh, five, about five years in, four or five years in, we started a transportation company up that grew, grew which was an airport shuttle. Uh, it grew into executive transportation. It grew into executive protection. Uh, it grew into a, uh, a taxi service. And, and we sold that company uh, four years after we started it for uh, almost three quarters of a million dollars. Uh, so we did pretty good with that. It was started as a way to balance things out. And it did a great job. What it ended up doing too is because it went hand in hand with what we did with detailing is both companies fed off each other. And it got to the point where we had a we had a week or two waiting list in the wintertime. We we were we were out a week or two in the wintertime. Uh, the other thing is is do not if you get if you get booked up to where you know we had some some of our students here, great people, great family business out of Alaska, where they're booked up six weeks in advance. And I said, man, you got to raise your prices. Prices are too high. Anytime you're that backed up and you want to slow things down, everybody thinks, okay, well, hey, man, I gotta I gotta hire more people. Why not just serve a f fewer customers better and charge more uh, i'll tell you the people you're going to lose is the ones you probably don't want is the ones that are their cars are trash uh they don't value quality is the people that value quality and again it's your message it's these guys are going to hear a, a, a marketing message the next couple of days they already are but they're going to get they're going to get it shoved down their throats in the next two days of of what they've got to do to stay constantly in front of their customers and educate entertain and 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 build a fan base so i hope that helps yeah um hey we're gonna transition here we're gonna yep. go to some education topics in just a second but first the real easy one okay. uh, what's, your, what's your favorite way to clean pads that one comes from Instagram. oh we just did that okay so my favorite way to clean pads is um we got a system that we use that um i was i was uh, and it's a hybrid i'm gonna give from a, a guy that gives credit where credits do so we we um we now do we do pad washing in the washer and dryer and so these guys just learned that yesterday is what we do is we take we have a bucket standard five gallon bucket clean water grit guard in the bottom and then what we do is we put um pns and express interior cleaner two to four ounces in that bucket and then we turn the pads upside down we put three or four in uh if you're using six inch pads probably only two if you're using five inch pads three or four and then we take a, this is the part that uh, Dylan from from um, Rupes taught us is he said, hey, put another grit guard on top of that and then, and then kind of smash them down into the bucket, turn them a little bit and start take, take, taking and pushing all the contents out. Then what we do is we gently squeeze. We put it into the washer. Um, we use a combination, a regular Tide. We just old traditional Tide, no, no softeners. And... Uh, in, in, the, in, the, in the softener side, we put a little bit of vinegar in. And so it's, it works out really good with the vinegar. 
we put it on cold water on normal cycle. Then when they're done, we put them into the dryer on either delicate or uh, sensitive setting. And it's about a 20 minute dry period. Our pad life is, is qu at least quadrupled since we've been doing that. Uh, it's a great way to wash the pads. They don't delaminate. You can't soak them for a long time in that water. You don't want to soak them overnight or anything. But our, I'm not kidding you. Our pads come out. You guys use the pads right out. Those white pads that you used on this on this Porsche had pro have probably worked on at least 20, 25 cars. Was there any dust in them? No. No dust. No dust. And so it does take you getting it perfection. It's really easy to adjust it. If you see a little dust, you're not soak pre-soaking enough. Uh, put a little more cleaner in there. So uh, I hope that helps. That's a great question on pad cleaning. Yep. Um, all right. So on to education, um, Tom, Tom again asked another question about how has investing in your education helped your business and career? And then uh, maybe we can integrate in with that. Um, I'm going to butcher his name. It's Cyprian. Um, he wants to know about, uh, about training centers that offer a diploma after, you know, eight or 16 hours of training, you know, and the detailers claiming that they're, they're awesome paint correction experts now. So maybe you can tie the two together somehow. Yeah. So, you know, education is, you know, I'm 54 years old as this is being recorded. I'm proud 54. A lot of people don't like aging. Uh, listen, man, I, I want to get old. That's my goal. You know what I'm saying? is I want a nice long life and come out of this life all crusty and everything else. I don't want to die young and pretty. Uh, you know, I was pretty at one time. Uh, I, I do kind of miss being pretty, um, you know? I mean, I do, but I, I, hey, man, it's old. Well, it's Steve, Steve Harvey, huge fan of Steve Harvey. Old's the goal, you know, as you want to get there. So first off, at the ripe age of uh, 47, I received my bachelor's degree. At the ripe age of 53, I received my master's degree. Uh, let's go back to detailing. Let's go back to where a lot of you guys are. You're building businesses. You're building your empire. Is we developed our own certification program. There was nothing, nothing on the market. There's a couple small schools. But you got to remember, this is before the internet. So any research you're doing was in magazines, at the library. I mean, you know, you're, you're figuring out. You had to do a lot of research. And there was really no trainings available. And so what we did is we, we knew we had to take and separate ourselves from the rest of the gang. Okay. And what that meant was, is that our certifications, we marketed our certifications. And so each one of our, 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 our staff members had to go through testing. They had to go through hands-on testing and then they go through a written test and it was legitimate. We marketed that to our customers and our customers loved it. We are number one in every market we went into for a reason. That was a strong point of it. Number two is that the value of education, first off college uh, teaches you to learn. Um, what these guys are doing right now with our program or any program, uh, let's, let's, let's dive into the 16 hour thing. First off, any education is better than no education. So your, 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 your competitions at saying that they're, they went through a, uh, a 16 hour class. Now they're paint gods. Well, listen, it's a, at least you got competition that cares. That's the way to look at it. And then B, what, what more do you have and, and who's validated you? Okay. Who has said that you know your shit? We get a lot of people in here. Most people, this is really rare that we've got kind of a newer, a newer class. Most of our people, half the class is coming through with 10, 15, 20 years experience. And so if you've got more training than that, then just market the training that you've received, the certifications you received. If you don't, the number of years you've got 
but you really need somebody to say, Hey, I, I really, you know, you are valued. Cause a lot of us, it's like in the military and the guard is that, you know, is, is, um, I go through, I'm a search and rescue technician and trainer, but I've still got to go through. Like I had a, I had a soldier question me on the NAV course. He's like, Hey, are you 100% sure this NAV course was set up right? And I said, for my compass, it was. And I said, here's the thing. I'm hitting every mark perfect. If you're having a problem, who's got the problem? Me or you. Because you're going down and having to go through the NAV course. I had to go out and set this damn thing up from scratch. There was no pins there. So the same thing's true in anything that we do. Detailing is one of them. So my biggest thing is my, my word of advice to you. First off, detailers want to earn big money. They want to be rollers, but they don't want to invest. Uh, they want to take and brag, and nobody can teach them anything. I'm an old dog, dude, and I am pulling something from each one of these people that are here right now. Everybody's going to teach me something this week. I will pull something away from every single one of them. Uh, I'll tell you a quote right now. Uh, I'll tell you a couple. Rick. Rick showed us he was here. He's, he's a veteran like I am from a million years back in the, in the industry. He showed me a trick with washing cars that was unbelievable. I mean, just blew me away. Uh, Mike was here, and he taught us, uh, he, he taught us a, a, a saying. He came out of, the, out of the kitchen. He works in the, uh, in, the, in, in the food industry, or did. He's a detailer now back in, uh, in, uh, on the East Coast. And he says, you're an, you're an asset before you're an asshole. Small businesses need to learn that saying. It's before you open your big mouth in different forums and different things, it's become an asset, not an asshole, until you're proven. Is 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 so education wise. Um, go get educated. Uh, B market the hell out of it. That's what we did. C set yourself aside. Uh, next is is instilling your competition by being so successful that they want to go get educated too. Is that the, the you know a lot of people the IDA even those basic certifications is these guys are getting both. They just did their written test yesterday. They're doing their. They're doing their, their, their certified uh, detailer test the whole time that, that they're here. They're going to get that. Even that says something about a person that 98% of the, in the industry does not have. So at least they're making an attempt to do something to set themselves aside from somebody else in the industry. Uh, that takes me on another thing. Stop just taking withdrawals out of the damn industry and put some deposits back in. Is that, you know, everybody, you know, you want top dollar, but you're not willing to spend a dime on your education. Come on, dude, wake up, you know, wake up. This is kind of a brow beating for those that invest in education. And I'm not saying that because I'm a trainer. Go to any training school you can. Go to the IDA. It doesn't hardly cost anything. But I'm saying you got to stop with this nonsense that somebody thinks that there's, there's no value in getting educated. That is one of the best questions. I'm so glad you asked it because even at my age, it doesn't matter my, I told these guys, I'm on the internet every single night educating myself on something. Okay. Next. Next. <laughs> you know, I have a thought on that, though. Um, you know, five days like our training really isn't that much. And I don't know of any trainings out there that go beyond the five-day mark either. Mm -hmm. um, five days makes you a professional detailer, I would say. But nothing, you know, nothing but time and putting in the effort and investing in other education, you know, that's what's going to make you an expert long term. You know, um, Chris, that's a great point. Let me, let me tell you what I told these guys. First off, ours is five days. What's the shortest day been so far? Ten hours? Yeah. 
That's the shortest day has been 10 hours so far. So these guys are going to have, they're going to have 60 hours into it. Second thing is we tell them on Friday and I'm, uh, you guys close your ears is that the relationship starts on Friday evening is because it's going to take you. The reason why we, it takes you two years to become a made member in our group is it's going to take you that long to really get your feet underneath you. We had a thing I shared with them earlier, the value of seven. And I went through every, you know, I've got a, a brothers, I've got brothers that are master electricians. I've got good friends that are master chefs uh, in the guard. I've got, I've got uh, people that are master sergeants. Uh, we've got people that are master plumbers. We've got, I've got good friends that are veterinarians and doctors. And I went to them and I asked them this, Hey, from the, from the time that you, you end your schooling until the time that you're just, you're really pretty badass. How, how long is it? And the answer was seven, seven years is across the board. It's about seven years. Carol Shelby told me something similar to that. I had a discussion with him years and years ago. And so, you know, you got to think that way. Um, is It's not going to be – everybody wants to be an overnight success. Is I told you guys, man, is we get the, 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 the lines on the road. If you go down the 10 freeway and you head from California to Florida, is that if you're going 125 miles an hour, you're going to get there and you see no lines. You see no – it's a beautiful drive. I've done that drive a couple times is what you see nothing else. If you go there, if you get on that road and you go 25 miles an hour or you go to the speed limit at 55, you can see the dots in between the lines, the black, the black asphalt. The other thing you see is what life's doing. You're still going to get to Florida from California. You're just going to get there faster. A lot of people want instant. They want to become an overnight millionaire, and those are the people that burn out the quickest. Listen, you know what? It took, it took me probably really 20 years to get onto that, that, that pathway. I, I want these young people to do it in half that time. I have to, it's capable, but you're not going to get there in, in five years, even at 10 years. Are you going to be a millionaire? could be close. We got people in the group that are close. It doesn't matter. How, how old are you? 29. And so at 39, you're going to be on your way to being a millionaire at, at 45. You are how many of your friends are going to be at that level? Very small percentage, 2%. Yeah. And you did it on your own in your way. Okay. And, and you got to see life and smell life and taste life you know, and do fun things is everybody, all this, this very, this Gary V mentality of going out. And I love Gary V. I'm not ragging on him at all, but you know what? Do, you know, a lot of people say, Oh man, just bust your ass during your twenties and thirties. So you can enjoy life later. You don't have any guarantee you're going to be there later. And if you stress yourself out and you break this and you break this, it's not worth it. You're going to spend all that extra money you made on therapy, you know? All right. Good, good point. Sorry, Chris. I went off a little bit. Oh, you're fine. Hey, so how about a little, uh, how about a little coronavirus talk? Um, <laughs> so the, the question from Terrence is, um, is about, uh, you know, the, the dangers of working on a car still, you know, we don't see a lot of talk about it these days. We did early on in the, in the pandemic. Um, but you know, things are still just as, uh, you know, the virus is out there. It's still just as, as dangerous as it was before. He wants to know what interior disinfectants and sanitizers oh. have we tested or used, and are there um, CDC guidelines for cleaning audio, auto interiors, and how about PPE? Um, and then have you or have we cleaned any contaminated vehicles? Oh, absolutely. So right off the bat, the first thing these guys learned, the first day of interiors was before you even get in the car, on uh, we've got a disinfectant. I don't remember the name now, Terrence. I apologize. Uh, if you send me an email, renting at detailingsuccess.com, uh, I'll, I'll, well, let's be honest, Chris will respond back. 
uh, and, 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 tell you, and tell you which one we use. Uh, Chris, you know what? We could even just put it up on social media, uh, picture of what we've got, what we use. I'll take the picture if you text me. Yeah. And we'll, we'll put it on, on Instagram and Facebook. How's that? Uh, so, Terrence, and, and I'm not making a joke of COVID. It's, it's very serious. We've had people die. I, I do personally and professionally think it's been overrated. I came out and made a bold statement the first week in the COVID that if you didn't have the proper PE and the proper uh, 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 products and know how to shut down, that you weren't in, uh, essential. I will never make that statement again, except, let me, let me qualify that, is back then, I stand by that statement, 100%. We didn't know what it was. I mean, we, we shut down a whole country. Uh, we found out that the, 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 kill vi the kill rate, the death rate's pretty damn really low. I mean, really, really low. Uh, there's a lot more be people being killed from the stresses and suicides. Uh, there's a lot more people being killed from the increase in drunk drivers, but it's still real. So what we do is these guys learn is we've got a system is where you are using airless sprayers uh, with the product that we'll post up. We're covering the whole car. It's got a 10 minute dwell time, proper PE, PPE, uh, a reusable Tyvek suit, proper, not just an, a little tiny, you know, paper mask, get the proper cartridge mask going, eye protection, and don't get shut down again. Uh, and so if you're worried about it, um, I would say that's the bare minimal is to treat it. The problem that we're having is, is that on viruses, uh, on products that continue to kill the virus long term, it's really hard to find certified products that 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 the EPA have signed off on that's got it. They're out there, but a it's still hard to get them. And then b we haven't had much demand. Uh, we were kind of blown away as a group. You know, there's 150 of us in the group, and and we we're blown away on how many people just don't care. So I asked them. Uh, you know, firefighters. I was just over. We just yesterday had the firefighters swing by and loan them some equipment to work on the trucks. And I was asking them, I said, are you guys worried about going into all these houses as paramedics uh, on our on our unit or a search and rescue unit? We've got medics uh, within our ranks and the guard. Uh, I was asking them the same questions and all of them are no, uh, they don't. They change their shoes out. They don't go home with the same shoes. You're gonna see I'm really in, big into, I've got shop shoes and I've got home shoes. I don't wear my same shoes home. Uh, if you're really worried about it, change your clothes before you go, wipe yourself down, get home. I go to the gym and the first second, so you're going to walk in the house and shower, you know, just get all the crud off me because we just don't know what's out there. Uh, but, you know, we will put the product up that we're using. Uh, we've had a couple different co companies come in uh, and talk about products that will continue to kill the virus. There's a lot of liability in that by saying that. Even, even if you've got a product that's saying it will kill it, you've got to be very careful of you as a professional detailer putting your mark on that, you know. So peroxide, yeah, peroxide. Yeah, spray yourself down with peroxide. I mean, a lot. Some of the products, the finisher that we use in in the interiors got peroxide in it. Uh, but there's definitely ways to kill it. These guys learned how to. Was it hard? It's about 10, 15 minutes of added service to the vehicle. Some people are just throwing it in. Uh, some detailers are more. You know, maybe they have diabetes. They've got something going on that's underlying. They've got somebody at home that's got an underlying. They're going ahead and doing that to every car they they go into. They're putting the keys in a plastic bag. Customer comes in, they open the bag, they ziplock it, they can control it from there. If it's an actually key, they poke the, the key part through the bag to start it. So taking the extra precautions, I'm never gonna rag on anybody. Here's the deal. 
and it, depending on what side of the political line you fall on, there's one side that's going to push forward. Uh, I fear that Biden is going to be really quick to shut down the entire economy again uh, in the event that he gets in. I'm not saying it's good or bad or indifferent. It's not important what I think. But reading through the lines, I think we've got a good chance that if he gets in, is that we're going to face a shutdown again, and you got to be, you better be ready. Is because if you've got PPE and all the needed items, I'm going to tell you, even if your county comes through to you, you tell them that. Very good. Um, I was just reading through some of the questions here. I got a uh, another one, and where'd it go? I just lost it. So. Uh, Billy has a question and, uh, you know, Billy's one of our incoming students. He hasn't come to training yet. Hey, Billy. He says, he says as you know, I have not completed my training yet. Um, he says, I'm going to Nick's shop next Wednesday to get a, uh, to get a firsthand look at his first Tesla. If, uh, if I were to pass this customer off to Nick, will this possibly hurt me in the eyes of my customer? If I don't quite feel comfortable doing the job on a, on this, uh, horribly soft black paint and Tesla paint. Or is he overthinking this? You know, uh, I think, yeah, well, you know what? You haven't trained yet. Um, I think it's your gut. You got to go with your gut. First off, being honest doesn't hurt anybody. Second off, you're going to, Nick, Nick's a, an outstanding technician. So you're going to learn a lot from it. Um, I, I, I try not to hand customers off, you know, as a, as a rule. Um, but in this event that you've never worked on it and test the paint can be a little bit tricky. Um, it might be a smart move to collaborate. And that's what I would show your customer is that you're collaborating with somebody versus you're handing it off because I would still handle, handle all the interactions. I would still try to keep that as your customer. And I'd be honest with them. Listen, I'm going down to get certified. Your paint's very sensitive. I've got a, I've got a technician that's in the group that I'm joining and, and he's, they're very skilled at this. I'm going to work with them. I think there's a lot of respect that could be gained out of there, you know, being honest with it. Um, and then, and then get your booty to training. <laughs> yeah. He's uh he's he's confirmed for a date. I wanted him sooner than than later, but you yeah. know, at, at least he's got a date. Yep, there we go. But I think it's a good way to handle it. I would rather have you do that than get into trouble and possibly damage a vehicle, a car. Uh, I wish more detailers would do that. Um, you know, it's 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 we we've got in search and rescue, whether it's military or civilian. Uh, the the Coast Guard has taught us anybody that's Coast Guard back. You got what they call Gar report, green, amber, red, and um. You know, it's funny because is I've been on so many missions, hundreds and hundreds of missions, but there's missions I see that it's so green means let's go full speed. We're not going to slow down. Amber means we're going to be, we're going to be going, but we're cautious. And red means probably not going to do the mission. Um, I hit a lot more reds than I used to. And the reason why is because I've seen so many things that could go wrong on missions that I, I take in. Uh, I'm a little more cautious than I was when I was younger. And so I think being cautious is uh, a good trait that you need to do. We just talked about healthy clear coat uh, on that Tesla. That's really important. And so I, I applaud you for looking at it that way. I think that's a very reasonable approach to it. All right. Here's another one from uh, Jessica Rook. She says, tell us your thoughts on going from mobile to brick and mortar detailing. You're going to wait. Any creative ideas to lessen the overhead blow? Um, start small. The first thing is I think a lot of people, when they go in from going mobile, one of the mistakes I made, uh, first off, congratulations on looking at it and, and great question. Um, the thing that I did is I didn't have enough money put aside. 
So I always tell people have six at minimal six months of, of rent for your shop, six months of total expenses for home and your shop put aside because the shop, what happens is like last year when we closed on this one is uh, you go a little nuts and you want to fix it up. And so you're going to spend a lot of money with that. You, and you're going into winter right now. So my selection for going into shops was always going to it during the strong time. And unless you've got that, that 12 months of reserve money and then go ahead and do it now. And that way you can set the, step, the, the shop up so that in the busy time it, it's all established and looks good and looks pretty. Uh, the other thing is to put a strict budget uh, together and follow that budget. I like reward-based budgets. And what I mean by reward-based budgets is that I take in, um, in the event that I, I'm going to take in and go into a shop is I'll say, okay, my first uh, $3,000 week is I'm going to buy this, you know, for $500. My first $6,000 or $7,000 week, I'm going to buy this. So I, I set it to rewards because I'm a kind of a kid in that, in that realm. And so I like to set, okay, I'm going to try to sell $1,000 a day, $5,000 a week. My first $5,000 a week, I get this. Um, and then it's just set a hardcore budget stick to that budget. And then also um, don't shut down your mobile side. Our mobile sides became our premium service is that we would charge anywhere from a hundred to three, $400 more to go mobile. Uh, and certain people just want it and you, you lose some business. So one of the mistakes we ever did was ever We never did. We actually kept all of our mobile operations going because we had so many requests off the bat that I hadn't, I didn't decommission our, our mobile van. I kept it going and uh, it never shut down the whole time that we had shops. So congratulations, make it look pretty. You don't have to have prime real estate. People will come to you if your message is right. And, uh, and, uh, and congratulations. It's a big move. It's a fun move. Just financially being a, don't, don't get yourself and don't get too big. The, the big thing right now is, is, is we get Viagra for shops. Everybody wants these big, huge shops. And they, they want to take and, and, and put them on, you know, Instagram and Facebook is, you know, we're doing 1.3 million a year in a 1200 square foot shop. Uh, did it suck? Yeah, it sucked. Uh, but not having a huge overhead uh, was pretty rewarding when 08 hit and uh, things slow down because things will slow down. So plan ahead. Don't get too big. Grow into your shop. When you need a bigger shop, grow into that. Don't start out big. Start out small. And congrats. That's fun. <laughs> let's see um oh here here's a good one what do you recommend for those who feel um that they've reached a plateau age-wise in detailing that's all in your head uh you know our thoughts our thoughts are you're so much bigger than your thoughts um so much of my life i grew up so damn freaking poor and so damn uh, beat up. I was told I was, you know, I, I had a, a learning disability. Every, 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 it seemed like from the time I was four or five, um, I just was getting the shit kicked out of me. And so my thought process of myself, um, I never thought real highly of my, myself, but I've had to learn to get out of my head and you're never too young. We just had a, a young man come through training. He's 16 years old. He was the first person that ever came through a five day training that did not have a driver's license yet. Um, and Isaiah's killing him. So if he's watching, uh, I'm so proud of him. We've also had 70 year old men come through and I'm so proud of them. Um, they're just amazing. So, you know, here's the deal. I was just talking to somebody that was looking at hiring somebody 
And I told him back 20 years ago, I hired somebody that was uh, retired. That was, is in the sixties. Uh, she was wonderful. And we, she wasn't as fast as the other detailers, but here's the deal. She did not make mistakes. We never had redos with her. Uh, while everybody else was on breaks, she'd take smaller breaks. Uh, she, she knew she wanted a start time here and an end time there. And the amount of work that she got done in those, those hours matched what the younger staff was doing. Uh, it only looked like she was slower and she wasn't. Uh, she was very thorough. The other thing is there's a trustability as you age that some younger people might not have. And then also, so it's a lifestyle. And so you, if you're getting burned out, uh, look at your price points. Uh, also give yourself some reward time, you know what I'm saying, some off time. And then do cars, vehicles that are fun that you enjoy to do and, and maybe turn away uh, the stuff that you just don't want to do. But you're never too young and you're never too old. And if anybody's telling you that, uh, tell them to stick it up their, their, their tailpipe. Because you know what? What's, what? what's age? It's just a number. I've got, I hate when people, I, I hate when the young people, and it's not because I'm older, you idiots. It's because I, the reason why I got where I was and I've been successful is because I honored the older people's words, man. They had, chap, they had libraries where I had a chapter. Uh, they had so many experiences that I could learn from. And then the other way is true too. You idiots that put down young people. Young people would breathe energy into us. They give us our energy. They give us our vitality. They give us hope. And there's a lot of great young people. You old, you old geezers are just as messed up as they are. So stop blaming them. All this younger generation and all the problems. Bullshit. Um, are there a lot of puss out there that, you know, that are, that are, you know, little tiny snowflakes and, yeah, there is, but you old dudes are just as bad, so shut up. So That's go so after old dude. I don't know how old you are, but who cares? <laughs> oh, got, got you going a little bit there. Yeah, I just hate people. Age doesn't matter. I don't care if you're young or old. Stop. It's an excuse. Um, hey, I got a, a, a very specific pricing question from Larry Campos. He asked it like a half hour ago. I missed it. Um oh, Larry. He says, uh, can you recommend pricing for interior extraction and interior steam cleaning services uh, as separate items? Uh, I guess yeah, he's having trouble pricing that out. I don't use extractors. We use hybrid vacuums that act as extractors, and we use steam. Go all the way. Don't, don't separate those two. Is First off, is $100 an hour. That's what you're shooting for. And so take and multiply how many hours it's going to take you times. Okay, you're, you're newer. You don't have the reputation. Uh, $75 an hour. I'll tell you, right now in today's economy, if you're not hitting $50 an hour, you're going to barely survive. We did the math on a young man that was here three trainings ago, and, and I was kind of I was kind of showing him uh, services he didn't want to do, and he says, well, here's what I'm doing, but this is my bread and butter. We did the reverse math on it. You know how much he was making per hour? $20 an hour on a business. You can't do that. So know your numbers, know your costs, know your burn rate. Uh, but simple as this, man, everything's got to be $75 to $100 an hour. If you're a high, and that's minimal. You know, we've got guys in our group that are, you know, two, $300 an hour. Uh, you're probably not going to start out at that point. But here's the deal. The reality is, is just figure out how much it is. And again, we're so much bigger than our thoughts, Larry, is, is, is take and don't limit yourself. But the extraction and the extraction steam, I don't see that as two different things, is, is that it's, it's 
I could see a stage one, two, and three. Once we get stains on upholstery, if it's sports seating, it's a stage three. If you've got a clean car, but it's got a little bit of, of dirt, we don't, in, in, on the outside exterior detailing, listen to this, you guys, the exterior, we, we, we do everything stage one, two, three. We're first, one of the first companies to ever do that, one, two, three. We hardly have any stage threes on exteriors right now because you can get, you guys are going to see this firsthand, is that you can get stuff in a stage two so damn good, almost doing a stage three is almost a waste. Now, if it's a super nice paint job, okay, that's, a, that's don't get, don't, don't come unglued on internet land, you know, where you, you lose your shit uh, because I said that. There are points to where you want to do a stage three, but they're few and far between. The other thing is most people don't want to pay for it. Okay, if you're in a market that you can get top dollar, hundred. Uh, if I'm doing a, uh, if I'm doing a a uh, uh, a joint step as a third step, listen, man, I better be closer to two hundred an hour because that that's a good skill set and it takes a lot of time. Um, on interiors, there's hardly any stage twos. The cars either clean or filthy. Now the the differ is a pretty clean car, but really dirty leather seats. That could be a stage two. But the second we see stains on upholstery, stage three. If there's a bunch of stains on the carpet, stage three. And, and if they say, well, I really don't care about the stains or I don't want to pay that much, well, you're going to have clean stains. You know, we're going to clean over the stains. They're still going to be there. And so is, is, is I would say get away from the trying to differentiate uh, the, the extraction from steam and, and go stage one, two, and three, depending on how. And then we've got the, oh, shit, they – they popped their grenade through it in the back and the whole car's just hunked up and that's off the record. And there's also paint jobs that way. This Jeep behind us, that's what they're going to do this. This isn't a stage three. This is a stage six because of all the sanding we have to do to it. So there's always those exceptions. Uh, does that make sense? Hope that helps. Great question, by the way. Great question. Yeah. Hey, sir, circling back to education a little bit. Um, what are your, your, thoughts or suggestions on on promoting your education to your clients and making yourself stand out from the local competitors who have no education whatsoever but are claiming to be pros massive i i i just said it earlier as we created our own certification program for that is i'm going to tout everywhere we go on our website on our business cards trained certified validated you know i'm going to do press releases you guys are going to hear that we had Nick, man. Somebody just mentioned Nick, Nick in our office. He did a press release when he got back. He was in the newspaper and on TV when he got back from training because of that. And so, you know, I'm going to – anything that I've got, any advantage that I've got over, over, over my enemy or my competition is I'm going to take and I'm going to highlight that. I'm going to set doubt in their minds. I want them thinking about me so much that their wife thinks they're gay. Is I want them taking and I want them to take in – and Chris is – I'm not supposed to say that, am I? <laughs> I guess I'm not going to say that. Oh, well. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, I, I, want them, I, want them, I want them to be so on me that they're not paying attention to their business. Because the next thing I know is either, A, they're going to step it up and go get educated. You guys, don't, stop beating up on each other when you get educated. We got, we got members in our group that are, that are eight-tenths of a mile away from each other. And, it, it, and, and, and they, they do fine together. Literally, they're eight-tenths of a mile away from each other. But they're in our group. Does that make sense? Because here's the deal, I'd rather want an educated comp competitor that is at my price point because that brings the whole market up. We're going to go develop new detailers, people that aren't doing detailing. We're going to develop people into buying details, into buying coatings. Coatings has changed the whole game. It's bringing people in and not just, I got bad news for you. I got the good news for you, actually. It's, it's not just, you guys concentrate so much on, on, 
on exterior coatings. What about interior coatings, man? I just don't near hear enough about that. Is interior coatings. Here's what I try to do is that, hey, why don't you guys go grab my interior coating over there? It's in a clear spray bottle. It's just right on that little black stand. Here's the deal is that, is that we try to upsell. If you've got a, 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 a car that they set off a kid grenade that a, 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 a mortar went off in that car and it's just a freaking absolute pit, is I'll tell them, hey, man, you really need to coat the entire inside of your car. Is that it's going to keep it cleaner. It's going to make it easier for us to detail in the future. But I'm, I'll hold this up. I'll hold it up here first. And then I'll hold it up here. Is that this is liquid gold. So going back, and we try to sell them. They said, nah, it's okay. We'll coat the damn car anyway, because when it comes back to us, it's going to be easier to, we'll try to sell them on it. If they don't buy it, we're going to do it anyway. <clears throat> the reason why is we know that our customers, because we do such an outstanding job of marketing, our customers are going to have an average lifespan 10 years. They're going to stay with us 10 years. The lifetime value, this is something that's not a lot of people are talking about either. The lifetime value of that customer is back in the day, you're talking 20 years ago, was $600 a year. This is 20, 25 years ago. Well, time 10 years, that's a $6,000 customer. It's not, a, it's, not, it's not a $300. When that phone rings, the best thing you can do is pick up the phone. Pick that damn phone up. I'm going completely off on a tangent, but I don't care. It's going into some good stuff. Is that pick up the damn phone because that could be their lifetime value of that customer. Everybody looks at it. I remember the days. Okay, I want to see show of hands. Everybody admitted that they've done this. You're working on a vehicle. You're busting butt. The phone rings. You don't recognize the number. And you go, shit, I got to get this crap done. I'll call that person back. I'm too busy. You know, mm. that customer, again, 10 years. Now, if I, if I was running active shops, that, 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 that lifetime value, that yearly value would probably be up in the $12,000 to $2,000 to $3,000 a year. So let's just say they're a $2,000 a year customer times 10. You're walking away from a $20,000 phone call. You're not walking away from a one-timer because you're going to do such a great job marketing back to your current clients that they keep coming back again and again and again and again and again. That's what I love about software is that software, when you, when you set your, you guys are going to hear all about this later in the week. When you set your, your company up on software, it's like having a, a um, personal assistant at 100 bucks a month. It's going to send text messages out. It's going to send emails out, reminders out, and all this stuff. But you can see, okay, I went off a little more. Is that, Chris, did I do a good job or did I just completely blow it? I think you did all right. Um, I got a lot coming at me right now, so I only listened to half of it. <laughs> Sorry. I'm blocking you. <laughs> hey, you know, Q&As, chats, text messages, Instagram. We're going to wrap it up here in about, let's do, let's do one more. Pick the best one out because these guys got to get back to work. Okay. Um, well, I don't know about best. We don't have too many more to be honest, but, uh, but this one might get you going. Opinion on detailers promoting other detailers or promoting two other detailers. Sorry. Oh, that's, you're, you're retarded. <laughs> I mean, you're just at, why, why are you going in? You're going to take the time to just, again, it's a big old Vi Viagra. You're just measuring penises at that point. That's why I like female detailers. They don't do that shit as much, you know, because they put the work out there. They understand it. Females are kicking our ass, guys. Uh, we got something really cool happening with females in the industry right now, and it's exciting to watch. But you fuckers going on, excuse me, I'm not supposed to cuss. Uh, you individuals going on, that's really boring. 
Uh, you, you fuckers going on and promoting to other detailers. Why aren't you going on? If you do a Raptor, why aren't you in the Raptors forums? Why, why aren't you? Ta- you know, I, I just watched. The- oh, God, you're right. It's going to make my head explode. So I just watched a dude yesterday, and he, he, he detailed a Raptor, and he put it on Instagram. And, and detailing uh, detailers of Instagram, he tagged me in it. He tagged, he tagged a couple other things in it. You know what he didn't tag? Ford Raptor. Why are you doing a badass truck like that, but yet you're marketing to detailers is because you're taking a Viagra pill and you want to show the rest of the world how badass. To me, that's an immature way of detailing is that I will go, I, I don't want my competition. I don't give a shit what detailers think of it. I didn't even get, you got to remember my, 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 my career was spent. I built most of my career before the internet even existed. I came in to detailing and started watching. And I was just a, I just kind of sat in the reeds and, and, and watched the detailers kind of tear each other up in the forums. And finally in 04, I kind of started stepping in and getting involved. I started meeting a lot of people in the industry. Jim Gogan, that's when I met Jim, uh, Rob Regan, a whole, a whole bunch of people I could just go down through and, and mention. Uh, Mark Johnson, a whole bunch of, of people, uh, Prentice St. Clair, uh, Bud Abraham, I mean, uh, Barry McGuire, I mean, all these guys, we, we all kind of jumped in at the same time. Uh, they jumped in way before me because I was too busy running the shop. And so here's the deal. Take that time and market to people that are going to buy your services. Who gives a shit what other detailers think about your, put your ego down, man. That's egotistical. It's all it is. Is I'm not saying not market your company, but I'm just saying stop marketing to other detailers. It's, I love that question, but somebody, somebody knew they were going to get me hot on that. Somebody asked that question on purpose, you know, because I, I hate that. It's one of my pet peeves is that there's no reason to go onto the detailer form. Here's what I see all the time. I guarantee you guys go and check it right now. There's going to be somebody that just posted in the last hour. They're not on here, but they're posting in the detailing forums what they just did. Now go look at that car. Go look at the forums on Facebook or hashtags on Instagram and see if they hashtagged or they put that same make and model into the end of the forums. Answer is no. They just went out and they just, they, they're bragging to other detailers. They did no marketing at all. None. And it's a complete waste of your time. I don't give a shit what detailers think about me. Never did. Still don't. I mean, I want I want to help people. That's why we do these shows. But I, and and in all honesty, it, it's it's you know I just don't get it. If you're a technician, I don't get it. You know, I just don't get it. Go out and market. Take the time uh, to market to people that are going to take and buy from you. Okay, I'm going to end with this. I'm going to do a podcast on this. Is that look at man? Everybody. Uh, so so COVID hit right, and I, I even hate saying that. Uh, because it's just been so slammed down our throats. Not that it's not real, but it's just it's just been slammed down our throats. It's changed so much in not a good way. Um, there's some cool things that have come of it, but not too many. Most of them it's bullshit. Here's the deal, man, is we got a lot of detailers. We're still seeing the fallout. We're not really, and I think I think we're gonna see the fallout of people that have failed that weren't good business people this fall and this winter. I think we're gonna see a lot of detailers. With that, we've seen a lot of new detailers coming to the industry. People that lost their jobs are coming in. Listen, stop beating up on them. Is all of us were, were new at one time. For those that are coming in, is that if you're if you're expanding and you're learning and you're investing, is welcome to the industry. If you're a if you're just a time sucker and a and you're not being an asset, you're just being an asshole. Get out of my industry. Um, I, I, seriously. But for those that are doing a really good job, listen, guys, you owe it to our industry. To, to be gentle with these guys because you're new at one time too. I'm seeing a lot of hate come out from some pretty experienced people 
And that's bullshit because a lot of you reached out to me when you were brand new, uh, five, 10, 15, 20 years ago. And I spent a little bit of time with you. And now you're turning around being an asshole to other people. Uh, I think that's ignorant is that all of us were new, be gentle. And then the, and then the people that are coming in that are problematic, cut their throats, get them out of the industry, you know, get, get, get them out, get them out of your market. Uh, but we got a lot of good people coming into the industry, a lot of young people with a lot of energy, uh, value that because we need that and then help them grow, help them see the light that they charge more because when we all charge more, we're all, we're, 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 we're all winning. And so I'm going to end it with that. Chris, thanks for doing this. Yeah. And you know, in addition to that, there's uh, even though there's people coming into the industry, there's also people leaving the industry. You know, it's, it is, it is a revolving door sometimes. It, uh, it's a big revolving door. We've, I've seen, I've seen four, four or five shops this last week, 10 days closing down. Yeah. Well, closing um, down. Hey, real quick, a little housekeeping. Uh, Kyle asked about a, an event at a Uber coming up. So I want to throw that out there. Um, uh, you know, for those of you in SoCal, there's going to be an open house at uh, Uber detail and also one at hot wax, uh, an open garage. 28th, 29th, right? I believe so. It should be a Wednesday and a Thursday night. If I remember right. Yeah, I think it's the 28th and 29th. So, both those, both those uh, companies will start promoting that soon. It, it just got finalized recently. Hey, also we're putting on to uh, we're putting on a uh, one day uh, one day extreme training in uh, in Scottsdale, Arizona, in December, uh, and then we're putting on a extreme marketing day. It's a business it's a business building class that we do. Uh, they are hardcore uh, in New Jersey uh, next week uh, next weekend. Uh, not this coming weekend, but the, a week away. So if you're in the tri-state area, uh, look into that. It's an extreme, it, it's a hardcore day. Uh, we still got some open seats on it, not too many, but uh, our one day extreme in New Jersey sold out, uh, but our marketing class is not. And so we're gonna start those back up slowly next year. We'll have one here in Southern California. Uh, we'll start, we'll have, we'll have one in Arizona. We'll have one probably in Texas, I'm guessing. Uh -huh. uh, and then Indiana. Uh, also, and in Florida, uh, come this winter. So, stand by for those. But if you're in the tri-state area, uh, come out and join us uh, for that one. Uh, we've got a few seats left, and uh, or as of last night, we did. So, all right, man, we're gonna go back to work because these guys are—they're uh, getting lazy. Yeah, come on over, guys. Hold on, we gotta say these guys gotta say hi. So, come on in. Introduce yourselves real quick. Where you're from? Hi, babe. Uh, Gerald Beasley <laughs> in Sacramento. There you go. Right here. Richard from Chicago. Right here. He's our intern, our mentor. Michael Hill, Lawrence Jordan. Come on over, guys. Both Chris of you guys. Tabieros from Sacramento. Richmond Reyes from California. Right on, man. Hey, oh, man, look at that hair. Yeah, is that cool or what, dude? <laughs> I want that. Stand behind me. You want you guys to see what I look like with the Mohawk? See, look at that. Oh, what do you think? What do you think? There you go. Hey, guys, have a good day. It's uh, great questions. We uh, I love doing these. We'll, we'll see you next time. <laughs>